This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show that helps you grow your business by improving the customer experience one topic at a time. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli, and this is my plant, Plantasia. I'm, we're pretty excited to talk about today's topic of investigation, which is contact and lead scoring. Now, contact and lead scoring is the process of assigning a numerical value to certain actions that your contacts take or certain characteristics that your contacts might have. It's a system that awards or deducts points from an individual contact based on what they do, who they are, or what they don't do. It then shows you this score. It notifies you when a score gets to a certain point and it helps you make decisions on what to do next for that contact. Now, if you were able to catch our last episode, you might recognize contact and lead scoring as a form of workflow or process automation, right? It's the back end. It's an automated system that doesn't necessarily send out communications to contacts, but rather it, it takes data in from different systems and it keeps a running tally for you. It connects your other features together. It consolidates data. It takes outputs from other sources and systems and it uses them as inputs into your lead scoring system. It's an automated process that works for you, helping you to better understand the individuals that make up your contact lists. Now, scores, like in any game, they only really make sense if you have rules and goals, and lead scoring is no different. So, let's say for example, you only know the rules to soccer or football, for those of you in literally anywhere other than the United States and the world. If you only knew that game, if you only knew soccer, and then all of a sudden you saw the score of an NBA basketball game, you didn't understand the rules or the goals, you'd probably be really confused. Because in basketball, it's not uncommon for the score to go well over 100 points. But if there was ever a professional football or soccer game that went up that high, it would be outrageous. It's kind of how I feel when I watch cricket. I have no idea what's going on. Balls are bouncing, paddles are swinging, the announcers are getting excited for reasons that I can't follow, and then someone gets a point, and I have no idea what just happened. Anyway, in order for this lead scoring system to help you, you need rules and you need goals. You need an understanding of those rules and goals. So let's break that down for a second. A lead scoring rule is a, it's an if-then type statement, right? If a contact visits my pricing page three times in a 24-hour period, then give them 10 points. If a contact unsubscribes from my list, then take away 25 points. If a contact doesn't take any actions for three days, remove 10 points from their total score. If I'm a localized business and the contact is in Chicago, which is where I'm at, give them 20 points. Rules. Now, your goal here is to accurately gauge the interest and customer fit of your leads using these rules. So, back to the sports analogy, think about a sport. Whomever can operate the most efficiently and effectively within the rules of the game usually wins, and winning is the goal. So, your goal here is to implement rules that work to the benefit of both your contacts and your business, so that the customers who are best fit and the most interested in your business are those that achieve the goal, which is a higher score. 
Now, lead scoring capabilities are incredibly flexible. They let you add and subtract points to your contacts based on, honestly, a ton of different actions and inaction. But before we get in there and start assigning points to people, we're gonna have to determine what's most important to you and to your business because the purpose of lead scoring is, again, to track contacts' engagements and contract, contact, sorry, track their, their best fit. And it creates a temperature gauge by which to plan your future messaging and your future outreach. So it's essentially gamifying your entire marketing process. As a contact engages more and more, they accrue more points, their score goes up. But the points don't matter until you create the rules and objectives because you, you can't win without a plan here. So for ease of understanding in this episode, we're gonna use a spectrum of zero to 100, with 100 being the final goal or threshold that we're measuring for. Now, that doesn't mean that the scores stop at 100. It just means that for our purposes in today's episode, the last goal we'll notify ourselves or that we'll think about is when a contact hits the century mark. Now, uh, a spectrum of zero to 100 points will work for most businesses. However, you can definitely make it more complicated if you want to. You can make it more simple if you wanted to. But for uh, a visualization standpoint, zero to 100 is what we're going to use today. So if a lead has a score of zero, they're not very engaged. They're probably not a very good customer fit. Their characteristics aren't exactly to uh, a match to our typical customer, and they haven't taken very many, if any, actions. Now, on the other hand, if a contact has a score of 100, they're highly engaged. They're a good fit. They've got similar characteristics of your existing customers. Now, before we get too far in the weeds here, let's talk about why. Why this system is valuable, why this system is important. A thorough contact and lead scoring system can tell you a lot about a contact at a glance. What type of contact are they? How engaged are they? How likely are they to purchase? How likely are they to become a repeat customer or to just stay a customer? Or are they more likely to stop being a customer or to unsubscribe from your list and go somewhere else? Contact and lead scoring helps you better understand the key actions in your marketing efforts. Are your contacts submitting your forms? Are they clicking the links in your emails? Are they visiting particular pages on your website multiple times? Are they taking the actions and doing the things that you're working towards that you're trying to get them to do? Are your marketing efforts effective? Are they falling short? Where? Why? Is there a particular action that's more valuable than anything else when it comes to winning new customers? Contact scoring can give you insights into this. A reliable lead scoring system helps you better understand a given contact situation. It helps you know what type of content they might need, or if they're a good candidate for, let's say, a discount or a rewards program, or maybe they're ready to consider a new offering. In short, contact and lead scoring, when set up well, helps you know your customer. And knowing your customer is critical, not only for growing your business, but also for remaining in business. When you know your customer, you know what to say to them. You know what they expect from you. And you're much better prepared to manage those expectations. And if you can manage their expectations well, you create a positive customer experience. And that makes it easy for them to buy from you. And it makes it more likely that they talk about you online or to their friends or somewhere. And then you create a little buzz and excitement and then more people come to check you out. But if you don't know them, if you're completely missing the mark with your messaging or your offers, they're not gonna have such a good time. And then it will be more likely that they won't stay engaged. They'll drop out before they consider you as a solution or they'll head over to your competitors. Worse still, if you miss bad enough, 
they might talk about you online or to their friends or somewhere and they'll create a negative buzz. And you don't want that. So lead scoring lets you know who your hottest and coldest leads are, your most engaged, your least engaged contacts at a glance. It's pretty useful. Lead scoring can also help you automate certain aspects of your segmentation. Now this means that you can add or remove tags to contacts based on their score and when it changes. This lets you add them to particular automations to send them more specific and relevant messages to create deals for them or anything that you might want to do when a contact changes status. Okay, okay. So you want to set up and implement a contact scoring system for your business. I love it, awesome. Before you get into ActiveCampaign or your lead scoring platform of choice, there are a few things that you should consider here. It's almost always better to have some semblance of a plan and understanding of what you're trying to do before you venture out into the world and start trying to do it. Now, everything in your lead scoring system can and will change because when does anyone ever get anything right the first time? Not only that, but as you see how it works, you're going to make changes. You're going to iterate. You'll test. You'll improve. You'll have more information to use in refining your system. You'll be better able to reassign point values tied to certain rules because you're better informed. So you don't have to feel like you have to get it right from the jump. You won't, and that's okay. But again, there are some things here that we can consider that will just make the overall experience better when you start. First things first is that you should pick a spectrum. Earlier, I had mentioned that we're going to focus here from zero to 100. Makes it easy to visualize, and also it, it makes it easy to pick certain thresholds where you might want lead statuses to change or notifications to come up when a contact crosses a certain score. Now, having a gauge in mind is going to help you come up with the point values for particular actions, right? You're going to weigh these actions. And with more important or higher intent actions, they're going to have a heavier weight. The spectrum will give you a ceiling. You're not going to be setting up a bunch of rules that award 50 points to a contact when the highest threshold that you have is 100. They would hit that threshold right away, unless, of course, the action is something that is absolutely going to lead to you know, them being a very engaged customer or sorry, very engaged contact and likely to become a customer. Now, if you don't have a gauge in mind, your system can get convoluted pretty quickly. Next, this isn't just a race to the new high score. Setting a new high score is fun, but that's, that's not what you wanna do here. You want an accurate gauge, right? You wanna see your contact scores go up, of course you do, but not everything that they do should result in points being added. Points can be added and subtracted. And in some cases, subtracting points makes the most sense because we don't operate in a linear fashion, right? There are all kinds of different paths that you might take. They lead you up and down. You might be convinced and then you might be questioning. And then you might be sure, but then you might not be sure. So remember that your contacts, when they take an action that actually indicates they're less engaged, it's important to subtract points from them and that's fine. And one of the most common pitfalls of lead scoring is that you only set up rules that make the scores go up. Remember, lead scoring is kind of like the stock market. It goes up, it goes down, it fluctuates. The key is knowing when it goes up or down and then acting accordingly. Now, the third thing here to consider before we get started is that points can and should decay or expire as time goes on. So not only are there actions that will subtract points, but there is a time limit a shot clock, if you will, on your points. If a contact goes several weeks without visiting your website or without clicking a link or engaging with anything that you might be doing, their score shouldn't be the same as it was the last time that they took an action. 
how long should you wait before points start to expire? It's a pretty good question. And the short answer is it depends, like everything in marketing. Now, this is going to depend on your business. How long is your buying cycle? If it's a longer term buying cycle, then letting points expire more gradually might make sense. If your buying cycle is a quick turnaround, then changes are likely going to have to happen faster. Now, also think about what is the action that you're awarding points for? Points for page visits. You might want to have those expire faster than points for attending a webinar or something more intent-based like booking a consultation call with you. Now, one thing is for sure. If you want to have a more accurate representation of how engaged a given contact is in that moment, you're going to want to use point expiration to help you keep track. In order to determine how your organization should score your contacts, you're going to have to understand what's important to your company and your sales cycle. What are the kinds of actions that you're driving your audience to take? What kind of communications do you send? What kind of events do you plan? How do you determine if a contact is hot or cold? There are several different actions that could be important for a contact. It could be subscribing to email updates, requesting a free informational download, requesting a consultation, or registering for an event, attending the event, and then clicking the email, sorry, clicking the link in the email that they'd only get if they'd attended the event. That one requires several steps and levels of engagement, so the score for that action might be higher because the likelihood of them going through all of those steps gets lower and lower with each step. There are also actions that, in aggregate, they might add up to an engaged contact. Now, while these actions seem small on their own, a bunch of small piles makes a big pile, and the aggregate can show a bigger picture. For example, if you're tracking email opens, or email replies, or link clicks, or just visiting a particular URL more than once. Taking the time to understand all of the different actions that your contact can take, and learning their tendencies, this is going to help you along the way. So again, think about the intent of each action, think about the expectations that go along with those actions or inactions that your leads are taking or not taking. Again, as an example, you might give five points to a contact who submits your form and subscribes to your list. If you send an email to your new newsletter subscribers with a link to learn more about something, you might also want to give them points for clicking through in that email because clicking a link in an email is a smaller commitment than completing a form, you might only give three more points for that. Now maybe you want to give additional points if they return to that page later, especially if it's a high intent page, like a pricing page, or maybe it's a comparison to a competitor. Not all actions mean the same thing to every business, and not every business has the same lead classifications either, right? You've got B2B businesses, B2C businesses, D2C businesses, service businesses, nonprofits, for profits, I mean, your customers are going to be different, your lead classifications are going to be different, your potential customers, users, whomever it is, everything is going to be different and depend on your individual business. So when it comes to setting the rules and picking the conditions that contacts should receive points for, or should have points deducted for, there's a lot of options. The easy thing that comes to mind is behaviors or actions, right? If they do something, they get points. But what about things like geography or deal details? Why would you use that? Now, if your business is localized, then a lead from halfway around the world isn't really a good fit for you, right? You can build that into your lead scoring system. Leads that are in your immediate vicinity could get more points as a foundation. So looking at them, you would know this lead is a better customer fit for me based on a lead score. 
Maybe you're a B2B business and you only service small and medium-sized businesses. So you could set up a rule that would award or deduct points or for potential customer fit um, if they if it gives you a better understanding of who is more likely to close or who has a better business fit based on the size of their business. Lead scoring helps you keep tabs on a couple of different things, as you might be able to tell. First is engagement level. Is a contact actively engaging with your content, with your emails, your website, your events, etc.? Now, this is important because if your contacts aren't engaged, you, you probably don't want to have them on your list. You should probably send to them less and treat them a little differently than contacts who are engaged. Maybe you would want to send them a re-engagement campaign once they hit a particular low point in their score. In an earlier episode this season on site tracking, we spoke with Sven Brahm of Snell & Toxie in the Netherlands. Now Sven told us that his company used a combination of lead scoring and site tracking to identify contacts that were more likely to participate in a crowdfunding campaign for their business. By monitoring the engagement and attributing that engagement to a lead score for their contacts, they were able to identify the most engaged contacts and then forward those contacts onto their sales team, letting them know these have a these contacts have a pretty good chance of you know being engaged, being interested in our business, and maybe would want to help in the crowdfunding. They ended up raising over 500,000 euros for their business by identifying the contacts that were the most engaged using lead scoring. Now, second, you can use lead scoring to see how far along in the customer lifecycle a given contact is. For example, you might have. Uh, let's say three, three classifications, three levels of leads, right? You've got new leads, you've got engaged leads, and then you've got super engaged leads. In this case, on our scale of zero to 100, new leads could be you know, zero to 33 points, 34 to 66 could be engaged, and then 67 to 100 could be the super engaged leads. You might wanna take this further. New leads, marketing qualified leads, or MQLs, sales qualified leads, or SQLs, and then customers. So, you know, 0 to 25, 26 to 49, 50 to 74, 75 to 100. I think I messed up the math in there, but you get it. Now, maybe you put a step in between MQL and SQL. Maybe you have a few distinctions of MQL and a few for SQL. It's totally up to you. It's totally up to your business, your sales cycle, the actions that your contacts are taking. And you might find that, you know, starting with three clear classifications, three tiers is a good starting point, but as time goes on, you're going to learn more about your contacts. You're going to learn more about who is converting when. At what score does the conversation change? At what score does the, does the, the contacts needs change? These are things that you can use to then iterate, improve, update your lead scoring system. Now, maybe you're not using lead scoring for a sales or outreach process at all. Maybe it's a way to measure scores for your customer loyalty program. Maybe it's a way to identify customers who are eligible for different levels of rewards or of rebates. Whatever the life cycle is, whatever the journey is, you can use lead scoring to measure how far along someone is on that journey. And then third, you can use it to see customer fit. And this is important, right? It's not just about engagement and interest. Do they fit the bill for your potential customers? Is there good business fit? Is it likely that if we move along in the process, they will actually be able to become a customer and stay a customer? So now, of course, the question becomes, how do you set all this up? Let's take a look at a few automations here. Okay, first, now again, these, these automations pertain to ActiveCampaign because that's who we are and it's really all I can talk to. 
So in the Contacts tab, you'll select Manage Scoring, and this will take you to a menu where you can add scoring rules related to engagement. You can select a new rule, input your conditions, and then set that rule to active. So here's the deal with that. Either a contact meets those conditions or they don't. Now in that menu, meeting a condition adds or subtracts a value only once. The points aren't cumulative. So then what you would do here is set up an automation like this one that award points for actions that might repeat. So as a best practice in the Contacts Managing Rules tab, you're going to input rules for particular actions here only one time, and then use the Automation Builder to assign points on a recurring basis. So let's take a look at some of these recipes that are in our marketplace, ready to be imported into your account in just a few clicks. Here is the first one, Add Points for Page Views. It looks like a pretty simple automation, right? You do have to set up site tracking for this automation to work, and if you're curious about that, as I mentioned in our, our interview with Sven, you can take a look back at episode 3 from this season. This automation monitors when a contact visits the page that you have indicated, and then it adds points to that contact score. And it removes those points after a designated time. Remember, point decay. Now you can set the score here based on the information on the page. You could put, you know, any page any amount of times, you could say this particular web page three times in a 24-hour period. You could say this group of pages is only for two points, but this pricing page, this comparison page, the intent is higher. We'll give them more points for that. Now, uh, web page visits, again, are, they're generally a lower lift, right? You're not asking your contact to do too much, so it's not going to make a ton of sense to give a ton of points here. But again, that all depends on your business. Now, speaking of important pages, why not use this automation specifically for important pages? This automation recipe is set specifically for visits to the pricing page. That's just our example. The score is higher than your average page visit and you can use multiple variations on the automation start trigger if you've got multiple important pages that you'd like to tie into points, right? So maybe a comparison page, a pricing page, a consultation booking page, or, or any other high intent action-oriented pages that you might want to track. Okay, moving on. Add points for email openers. Now, with the advent of iOS 15, this might be more difficult for a chunk of your list, right? Those Apple users. But you might still want to have this active for those who aren't impacted by that change. This automation works similarly to the last, though you don't need site tracking to make it work. If a contact opens an email, you assign them or uh, give them a few points. You can take this automation further. You can specify exactly which campaigns you want to award points for, how many points, how long the system should wait before decaying those points. If your email is a newsletter, you might not want to award too many points. But if your email is an email that a contact can receive only if they've taken a certain amount of actions already, maybe they've attended an event, maybe they've booked a consultation call with you and attended an event, you know, who knows what the case is. If they've taken some actions that they are only getting this email because of those, you might want to make some more points on the back end of this automation for that email in particular. What about form submissions or landing page conversions? Form submissions are a very intent-driven action and they should result in a contact score going up. You can use the star trigger here to link any form that you might have and you can duplicate this automation and alter the point addition based on the form that your contacts are submitting. Maybe it's a call consultation, maybe it's a, an ebook or a freebie download, maybe it's a demo request, maybe it's just a simple form to sign up for event updates or for your newsletter. Whatever the form is, you got to think about the intent behind the action. 
the lift. What are they telling you when they submit this? Are they telling you that they're interested in having a buying conversation? Are they telling you they're just interested in hearing what you have to say? They're not really ready yet. Use that information to decide the appropriate lead score change. Use that information to think about the point decay as well. Does it make sense to have those points decay pretty soon or after a significant amount of time? It's all going to be intent driven and it's all going to depend on your processes. Now, what about a negative action? Now this automation here deducts points when a contact unsubscribes from a particular list. It's unfortunate, right? You certainly don't want it to happen, but it happens. And honestly, it's not the worst thing for your business. But when it does happen, you can be sure to deduct an appropriate level of points from a contact score so that you know what's what. Now this automation adds points for link clicks in email campaigns. You can set the automation for any link in any campaign, or you can indicate a particular link in a particular campaign. Again, what does the link lead to? Who gets the campaign? Does this link show more purchase intent? Does it have important information on it? Does it have any sort of significance that might differentiate it from another link to another page on your website? Are there any special circumstances? Does it make sense to alter the score for those? What about if a contact forwards or shares an email? What about when a contact reaches those thresholds? Right, we talked about you know, 0 to 33, 33 to 66, 67 to 100. What does the automation look like for those? This is what the automation looks like when you want to tag someone based on their current score status. So you, know, you could add a tag highly engaged, you could add the tag MQL or SQL, whatever the classification of leads that you have is. Um, and you can also, again, go in and edit these as you add more, as you get rid of certain segments. This is sort of where you would want to include those. So again, duplicate these automations when a contact score changes to above a certain number. And then also remember to have automations that would remove that tag and apply another tag when a contact score goes back below a certain threshold. Because with point decay and certain actions that warrant you know, subtraction of points, you're going to want to have the most accurate and up-to-date data on those segments. Because otherwise, at a certain point, you might just have everybody that's highly engaged with that tag, even though their scores don't necessarily indicate that anymore. All right, what about this automation? I love this automation. Speaking of thresholds, when a contact score reaches a certain threshold, this automation takes the, the contact who has the, the corresponding tag and then notifies you on Slack. How crazy is that? This is absolutely one of the pinnacles of workflow automation for me, is tying your different tools together. Now, you might not be using Slack, okay? I mean, it, you might be using a different communication tool. You might be using Skype. You might be using Teams. You might just be using email. But what you can do is you can notify yourself on whatever platform makes the most sense, right? This is like a workflow automation within a workflow automation. It's like a nesting doll of automation. I love it. It's, it's the principle of just using lead scoring to then notify you at the exact moment that you need to know. And if you're not using this or you might be using some other tools, you know, whether it's a landing page builder or um, some, other, some other social media tools that you might have, there are hundreds of integrations available to you within ActiveCampaign. So the more that you plug your tools in, the more doors open for you know, how you can build out your lead scoring system. But the idea behind this automation is simple. Know exactly when a contact has crossed that threshold and then take advantage of that moment. Maybe it's the, the first time that you're gonna send them a personalized email message. Maybe it's time to just give them a call, but maybe it's just helpful to know. 
If we want to use lead scores in other automations, let's take a look at this next one. This automation ties your Facebook custom audiences into lead scoring. Now, we covered Facebook custom audiences back in season one, but this automation is really cool. In this situation, you've got a few different ad campaigns on Facebook. Maybe they differ in terms of the messaging. Maybe one is an exclusive offer with a discount and the other is just informational. The other is just brand awareness. But in this situation, when a contact hits a higher score and crosses a threshold, this triggers the automation to put them in the other Facebook custom audience. That changes the advertisement that they see based on their level of engagement. You don't even have to do anything to make that happen. That's some next level personalization on multiple different platforms using the power of automation and lead scoring. I, I love that automation. Okay, like other forms of workflow automation, lead scoring can help you connect your processes, your campaigns, and your other teammates together to achieve your goals. This is designed to make your life easier. The things just happen immediately, and there's no human error to worry about. Nobody falls through the cracks, no phone numbers or names are misspelled, it just happens. This makes your contact lives easier as well because their experience with your business becomes better because you have a better understanding of them. You know about their level of engagement, you know their characteristics, you know their recent actions, you know their temperature at that moment. Lead scoring is, is another tool in your customer experience toolbox that you can use to then fill in the gaps and get a clearer picture on your contacts. That's not to say it's a magic bullet that's going to change everything, but it's definitely gonna help. It could also be a little misleading if you make some of those common mistakes. So let's recap those. First, make sure that you've got some controls in place to subtract points as well as let points expire. If your contacts can only ever get more points, you're gonna distort their scores and you're gonna distort your perception of how engaged they actually are. Second, if you're using ActiveCampaign, make sure to set the rules first in the Manage Scores tab of the Contacts section. Set each rule once and then use automation for repeat scoring on a given action. This is to help you keep everything straight so that contacts don't earn too many points for completing a single action. Third, really think about the actions that are important to your buying cycle or your lead nurturing process or your rewards program. W whatever it is that you're awarding points for, really think about the different actions and their importance. If you have those identified before you start adding rules and adding points, you're gonna have a much better frame of reference for related scores, for thresholds, and for point weighting. Fourth, you don't have to build everything at once. Get in there, get your bearings, build a few rules, and wait. See what happens. See how it works. Let the automations run. Observe how the points are accrued. Observe how many people go through those automations. What kind of point totals you end up having at the end of it. Who's getting the points, and, and then what the results are. Then, if you have a, a, a more better understanding, you can add some additional rules. You can adjust the points or the expiration periods and you can add in another threshold. Remember, if you want to achieve growth, you have to involve testing, experimenting, iterating, and getting better. It's how you get better. Nothing is set it and forget it. So keep your eyes open, keep your brain working on how you might be able to improve your system, and, and really don't be afraid to ask for help either. Um, Active Campaign has some wonderful customer success teams. Our customer support team is here to help you. Again, it's better to ask for help earlier than later. Um, it's certainly going to help you understand it. And, and don't get to the point where you're so incredibly frustrated and lost that you're just ready to chuck the whole thing out the window. Um, we're here to help you, and, and we want to we see you succeed. Um, again, take note of the places that you find yourself repeating actions. Are you 
you know, monitoring to see if someone has looked at a page or responded to an email. What are the places you're returning to time and time again? Those are good places to start automating and then building out lead scores according to those actions. Fifth, lead scoring relies on a lot of other features and functionality. So if you're looking for better results or if you're looking for a more accurate read, remember to set up your tags, your site tracking system, any integrations that you might have, your lead status thresholds, all of your segmentation. Set all that up before you begin implementing these rules and applying points and lead scores. Lead scoring works best when it's a system that sits on top of many of these other marketing and reporting processes that you already have in place. And finally, remember to consider both fit and interest. Both lead characteristics, fit, and their behavior, interest, are crucially important. So be sure to set multiple rules for both categories and do your best to assign points evenly among those rules. If you do this, it ensures that you're accounting for both fit and interest, and a contact who scores highly in both of those is definitely more likely to convert and, and a better fit to be your customer. At the end of the day, lead scoring is it's another perspective that you can get on your contact list. It's another lens through which you can look and understand a contact on an individual level. Using automation, you can gamify your marketing efforts with rules that you yourself created, tailored to your business, your processes, or the, the journey that you're measuring. Lead scoring helps you understand your contacts, but also your business, and the actions, the behaviors, and the characteristics that matter the most. You'll get a new perspective on what's working and what's not. How do your contacts actually, inter actually interact with your business? What might not be as important as you thought it was? What might be more important than you thought? Well, that's the point. And that's our show. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks, and we'll be investigating blog writing from topic selection to research to outlining to SEO to writing, of course, and publishing. Now, I'm Ernie Santarelli. This is Plantasia. This has been Growth Decoded. Go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.